Hello everybody, this is Reverend Todd Sloggett. Just a little thought here this morning while I'm headed off to work. I'm late. Supposed to be meeting some people from Missouri at our rustic furniture store. Some decorators. And uh, trying to hurry up and get there, but I had this thought. I hadn't produced one of these videos or audios in a while. And uh, really, I'm just talking about not reinventing the wheel. It is uh, one of the cardinal sins, really, of uh, ministry that I see. It, uh, some of it I think I can explain, some of it I can't. Uh, but it seems like you know, once there's a good idea, once somebody's doing something well, uh, you'd think that that would spread around. And in some ministerial groups, it does. Uh, most of the ones I've been around, it does not. Um, you know, it would be real shallow and easy to blame it on jealousy and and uh, pride, things like that. And, and I'm afraid there's there may be a lot of that in there. But uh, I'll tell you what we do. Uh, at HMA, it's not because we're smarter and better and more perfect or anything like that. It's that we made almost all the mistakes you can make. And uh, we've been doing this so much for so long with so many ministers and so many groups. We've just we've stuck with it and we've learned a few things. Uh, we have a lot of principles at HMA um, that our ministers and ministries follow and staying within those principles and continually developing and polishing those principles is is what makes us in my opinion of course the one of the premier Pentecostal ministries in America obviously much larger network um, large large voice reaching tens of thousands of souls and in my opinion that's that's what we're after um, you know we have a low to no debt structure that we use everywhere as best we can. We have a, you know, sticking to the biblical principles, um, principle uh, in our networks we use as best we can, multiple streams of income um, for each individual ministry group as best we can. And those those principles that we kind of developed early on and have changed and perfected and polished as best we can as as time goes on um, I think helps us grow even faster and faster all the time the 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 idea of thinking outside the box but inside the Bible is one of our greatest tools and weapons um, the idea that it's amazing how much you can accomplish if you don't care who gets the credit is one of our greatest tools and weapons. So what I want some of you people to see and know and learn so that you can perfect it even better than we did and go on and do uh, greater exploits than we ever dreamed of, which is my hopes and dreams and goals. Uh, I don't know that that's always the hopes and dreams and goals of uh, everybody that we're coming in contact with in the ministry which is sad but we try to work with people that that is their hopes and dreams and goals to 
win souls and then disciple them, teach them everything you know, encourage them, back them, push them to where they take what you taught them and learn what others can teach them and develop something even greater and you can sit back in a nursing home someday and look at all of the influencers that you influenced and, and, and be glad for that. Be happy that you had something to do with that. That's what we're after. And it's working. And I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled and I thank God that it's working. And I sat back uh, the other night after uh, talking to some ministers, um, some from another state, some from another country, and uh, they asked me specifically some things, and I remembered this idea of not reinventing the wheel. When we set out to do ministry, the very first time as HMA Ministries in February 2007, um, I talked to our, our people, our little bitty tiny ragtag group that became our initial staff, and uh, I told them what we were doing. I told them, I cannot stand in line. I can't stand to stand in line. And I had finally realized after almost 10 years of ministry that that's all I was really doing was just kind of playing the systems game, standing in line, some new guys behind me, some older guys in front of me, working our way up the ladder, trying to catch a break, trying to be the next one to preach that or preach that or preach there or preach for him. And... It was just, it was an, a never-ending thing that was, just wasn't, wasn't going to get anywhere except the same results as many it had. The, the, the percentage chance of breaking out and really accomplish something great for the kingdom just was not that, nowhere near that high. It was, it was too risky to stay in that line for me. Um... I'm not saying, do not misunderstand me, that everybody in that line is bad or wrong or, or isn't accomplishing anything. But where I was at in the system and what I was doing in the system or where I could see myself going in the system, the political structure uh, of the fellowships and things, I realized finally that I just I wasn't going to do much more than what anybody else could do whether I was there or not. If I got out of line, somebody could easily step up one spot and fill that position just as good or better. So why why just hold that place? Why not go do something that maybe if I don't do it, nobody else can or nobody else will? And that's what the beginning of HMA was about. And I told my people, we're going to the streets of Tulsa. We're going to find, meet, help, bless, love, learn, work with, continue to follow up with drug addicts, drug dealers, pimps, prostitutes, homeless people, homosexuals, anybody and everybody that nobody was willing to work with. Nobody was going to help. Nobody was going to love. Nobody was going to befriend. Nobody was going to take the gospel to. And, and in that sense, we would be accomplishing something that wouldn't and couldn't be accomplished if we weren't doing it. And trust me, I got rid of the line. <laughs> People were not trying to hurry up and beat me to the pimps and prostitutes and drug dealers of downtown Tulsa. I had all the work, the ministerial work and effort that I wanted, 
and nobody nobody cared nobody tried to stop me nobody tried to beat me and uh, that I loved and I still love and it's a wide open field and it's why we've grown so much and we've added many other things but that's definitely still the base so in doing so every time something come up in the beginning we would try to fix it create it and I got to realizing uh, uh, a theory that, that proved out very very well and that was if you're dealing with say drug addicts and there's a really good Christian rehab in your area and they're funded well and they got plenty of beds and they turn out good healthy people don't go right down the street and kill yourself wasting all of your resources and efforts and time trying to build something from the ground up some rinky-dink ragtag thing in some little shack and and that is a Christian drug rehab not if there's one right down the street that can still take people that is still pumping people out that is still doing good that's well funded on and on and on same thing with many things you know people are trying to create streams for food for people clothes for people all of this when they're surrounded by food banks and, and clothing banks and if if you got people that need that stuff first look around first do your research find out who's doing what if nobody's doing it if nobody's doing it well if there's not enough of it then yeah figure out what you need to do do it big do it great do it for god and 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 plug a hole in your community but when you're dealing with a situation that basically the Nazarenes have one or the Baptists has one or the Catholics has one or the government has one and you want the, the holiness to have one or the Pentecostal to have one or the whatever your group is to have one, it's a waste. Just because we won't cooperate with each other doesn't mean that God's going to bless some new effort of ours or just because we don't don't and won't get along with each other doesn't mean that you know there's a need for ours so what we do when we're in a community if something needs to be done we we studied out and we do it from the ground up we we create the whole program we completely invent everything necessary but first we partner with everybody else in my hometown where I live and work I partner with a women and, and children's shelter because it's it's great, good people, godly system, big time turnout. Uh, I partner with a teen challenge drug program. I partner with um, uh, a youth outreach program. I partner with a a feeding program. I uh, partner with the, the the police department on uh, working with homeless people and the. The, the, the county homeless council was working with people and they all love to have us around they take our input we work with them one thing this county does not have at all is drug placement that that in-between entity that deals with addicts on the street works with them finds the ones that are at rock bottom willing to get help and and takes them and, and 
plugs them into the places they need to go to get the help. So the facilities were there and they're good facilities and the addicts were there and they need help, but, but there was no connection between them. So we went and we created a connection between them. We did the thing that wouldn't stand in line. We did the thing that no one else was doing. So, you know, and we work with people all the time. We're, we're big enough now, we've accomplished enough now that people come to us so much we hardly have to go looking for anyone else. The Oklahoma State Governor's Office um, sought out one of our ministry groups and has had three or four meetings with them um, because they know they need what we have. And so we're working with the state of Oklahoma. We're also working with the state of Missouri on same and similar things. Um, um, a minister reached out to me from Texas last week, and he wants to wanted to know about working on uh, a project, a software or cloud-based program to to keep data and analytics for outreach and church growth, and and so we're working on that. Um, the is a group trying to form the Creek County Council for the homeless. And they came to me twice and met with me uh, to get my ideas to see if I wanted on board. Um, so, you know, there, you, there's no reason I could have taken that idea. And this happens a lot. It breaks my heart. I could have taken that idea that that council, that group came to me once to form a council. I could have just blew them off realizing they don't know enough about what they're doing. And then I could have went out and started a council. But why? If you got people that are fired up and feeling led and and God would use them to do something that that you don't have to do, that you can just be involved with, involved in and, and plug into, and, and you can use that resource, and that's what you're doing. A lot of people are trying to get a bigger and bigger and bigger ministry under themselves. Some of that's good, some of that's okay, most of it's not. But even with that thought process, you're going to get a bigger and bigger influence in ministry for yourself if you help and influence and partner all of these other entities and use them as your resources. And then there's more people involved. The number one thing that ministers complain about, uh, besides money, is that they can't get people to work. They can't get people to help. They can't get people involved. There's lots of people working. There's lots of people involved or wanting involved, but you want them a lot of times to come under you. You want them to do what you say. You want them to do it your way. You want them to take what they, all of their toys and bring them and put them in your toy box so you can oversee the toys. Why? It's just not necessary. Let each group do the best they can with your help, with your input, with your influence, and then use that resource. And then anytime there's not a resource to accomplish what God wants to accomplish in the lives of men, then you be that resource. You create it from the ground up. You control it and you let others have influence over it. And you're creating this giant network for the kingdom instead of just for you. I was in a meeting just the other day. Uh, and um, I heard for the thousandth time probably uh, a ministry leader say to his ministry people that, um, you know, we want to do more outreach. We want to work with those kind of people, whatever those kind of people means. You know, we want to reach the, the lost and the, the addicts and the whatever. Um but we just don't know how. We don't know how to go about it. We want to. 
we we get it we get it that you want to be involved in something but the something that you want to be involved in isn't here doesn't exist and we don't know how to make it I, I it drives me crazy when I hear that all of those ministries exist a million times over do your homework go search them out find what works find what's working either plug your people into those or learn from those and and do one similar or do one better just just the excuse of we don't know how in 2020 is is just is sad to me it sounds very very lazy or very very arrogant when it's out there and you know ministries that are talking about what they're going to do for homeless for outreach for drugs for kids for for audio video and then takes them two three four five years to figure it out and by the time they do something it's 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 out outdated think bigger spread out think outside the box don't reinvent the wheel literally my portion of ministry anymore 90% of it is just taking people's phone calls taking people's emails meeting with people around the table and finding out what they're trying to do and and showing them how the paths already exist and just take the path tweak it a little to make it fit you and use it in your community and as long as we're doing that you know we are we're creating ministry a hundred times faster that people ask me all the time you know how do you get 700 plus ministry locations in less than 13 years streamline 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 take take from the government work with the Catholics find out what the other Pentecostals are doing um, read the books do the videos um, and, the, and that that's how it works uh, I got some more to say about this maybe, but I got some ladies out here waiting for me to let them into the building. Um, I hope this really inspires somebody. If you have some ideas, think them through. Do a little homework. Make sure you're not just getting in line and overlapping. If you have some ideas and you don't know where to go and don't know what to do with them, get a hold of us at HMA. we probably already doing it or we know somebody that is or we know where to plug you in. Several people have come to us lately wanting to write books. We plugged them into a streamlined system of how to get a book published and printed. We've had nine young people release books in our within our ministry influence in the last few years. Nine. I love that. That's just amazing. Uh, we have a production company last week that uh, we reached out to that's going to partner with us to create uh, a new children's series. Something I've never done before is do a children's ministry. Um, do this stuff. Take your dreams that God's put in your heart and don't start at, in, the, in the Flintstones era and try to build every nut and bolt yourself. Go out and find who's doing it. Find what's working. Get involved. And then fill the spots that aren't there and share influences. Love you guys. Check us out. HMAMinistries.com. God bless.